1: see uh, dirtbag. This is Kid Schreiner, the voice of the Green Arrow,
2: and you are listening to the DCAU
1: Review, hosted by Cal and Liam, streaming at
2: dcaureview.com and on your favorite podcast app.
0: Get charged up for action that'll shock your system. Tell me that's not cool. An unstoppable superhero and his crew embark on impossible missions and will bring mutated villains to justice. When static's
1: in the house, bad guys better
0: step off. Pull the plug on crime with the adventures of Static Shock. Yeah! Hey everybody, welcome to the DCAU Review, episode 162. I am one of your hosts, Cal. And with me, as he is each and every week, my good brother and friend, the gentleman that operates our Twitter page. That's right, it's Liam. Liam, welcome to episode 162 of the DCAU Review.
2: That's right. Uh, it's, it's the second week of June, and uh, or it is when we're recording this and uh, airing it for the first time. If you're listening to this several years from now, it's another day. But anyway... <laughs> whoa my mind just got blown i know hello the hello the future um (laughs) anyway we are at at this time at this point in history we are going through a month's worth of static shock reviews and we've got another one today with the returning uh villain rubber band man in the episode bent out of shape
0: That is right, Liam. And uh, if you recall, uh, we covered, I believe in December of 2020, we had a month of static episodes. So about Mm -hmm. six months ago, uh, we covered an episode that featured uh, rubber band man, his initial appearance uh, in static. So if you're interested in checking that out, you can go back in the archives at dcaureview.com uh, at dcaureview.com or wherever you uh, stream your podcasts and uh, definitely check that out uh, I believe that's uh, they're playing my song if I recall mm-hmm. uh, so uh, that that one if I recall there was some fun to be had with that one so uh, we uh, we will dive into this week's episode to see if we can have uh, even more fun. But uh, before we do that, uh, we each and every week kick off before we delve into our own analysis and recap of the episode. And then of course, uh, giving our scores for our various four categories here. uh, We always supply the listeners with the official IMDB synopsis. For this week's episode reminding you that the imdb synopsis is indeed crowdsourced meaning that we always get to give our own personal opinion on it <laughs> at the end here liam but uh before we let's get into that uh, before you do we'll remind the listeners this episode actually originally aired on the kids wb back uh, on the 27th of january 2001 meaning we just passed the 20-year anniversary of this episode debuting liam
2: that's right and this is for the episode Bent Out of Shape, which was written by Dwayne McDuffie, directed by Dan Reba, with music by Stanley Clark, and animation by a duo of studios, slightly offbeat productions, and top-draw animation. And that synopsis reads as such. Sharon's new boyfriend, a musician, is revealed to be Static's old nemesis, Rubber Band Man, who recently escaped from prison. This time rubber band man will stop at nothing to reveal Static's secret identity.
0: Will he? Is that is that what happened in this episode?
2: Well, well, and we could jump the platter. There's one scene where he tries to unmask him.
0: Yeah, that's that's not that is not at all. That's it, that gets an F. I give that yeah, that's, good, very that's, bad. that's that is not this is that's similar to what we we encountered with one of the episodes last week where uh, they the synopsis said that the the villains were out to try and and kill static when in fact it was a heavily debated topic about killing him or not. So two weeks in a row here we've had some some crowdsourcing synopsis it clearly didn't watch the episode they just like looked at the art on the DVD box or something like that.
2: Yeah, I, I guess, or yeah, they they thought they thought that scene where they fight in the alley was the end of the episode. <laughs> the but uh, yeah, so this episode is um, uh, as we jump into plot here is it's not it's not good. Um,
0: <laughs> well, you could turn off the episode now because yeah. you heard our synopsis. But yes, yeah, I would I would agree with you. But uh, why do you feel that it's not good, Liam?
2: <laughs> yeah, so. So we start out and Richie and Virgil and Daisy are going to a concert for this hot new act that's taken Dakota by storm. There's a line a mile long. They're trying to get tickets. It's sold out. Um, They're really upset that they can't get in. And then uh, Virgil's sister, Sharon, walks up and is like, no worries, guys, I'll get us in. And uh, Virgil and Richie are kind of making fun of her and saying, no way, and, uh, and yet she goes up to the bouncer, speaks to him for a few seconds, and, and is given a VIP pass. Come to find out that not only does Virgil uh, does, uh, does Virgil's sister, Sharon, uh, know Stringer, uh, she is in fact dim and has been for a little bit now. Um, and, and so she's able to get all of uh, Virgil and his friends in the the concert starts there's sort of a brief aside where stringer and his producer are arguing over whether or not there should be pyrotechnics at the show because it's a smaller venue and they're afraid it might be a Pfizer hazard but stringer insists on on doing the full show but mr stringer two minutes on my way why don't you guys find your seats i'll see you after the show
1: yo v look a table full of free food and it looks lonely. We better go keep it company. Stringer, I'm worried about the fireworks. Why? We've never had a problem before. But we've never done them on a stage this small. It could be dangerous. Look, my fans deserve a full show. I'm not cutting anything. What if we worry too much, Mario? Nothing's going to happen. You're ready! Stringer in the house!
2: you know, it, a fire starts. And, uh, and Static puts out the fire, and, and he goes to sort of confront Stringer, because as Virgil, he witnessed Stringer sort of laughing off the uh, the producer who wanted him to cut the fireworks. He grabs his arm, and wouldn't you know it, the arm begins to stretch.
0: Yeah, it's, bef- like, Virgil had no chill, though. Like, he didn't care. First of all, he changes into his, his Static costume uh, behind an amplifier, which... Okay, everybody was distracted because of the fire, I guess. So nobody would have been paying attention. But he shows up in the club already that was a sold out like what? What are there, like, 200 people in there? So you can Mm -hmm. pretty much will down who who static is based on the fact that he shows up in the club after (laughs) the fire starts at this point. And then he goes up and, and confronts Stringer, letting him know, like, yeah, I heard that you got warned. There would have been a, a an even smaller amount of people that would have been able to have heard heard this this sound engineer or whoever he was come up and warn uh, warn Stringer that there 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 could have been a, a fire started to begin with. So he really is is gives no craps about his secret identity in this, in well, this two scenes. And that actually maybe could have been an interesting uh, road to
2: take this down if we want to try to to to, to rewrite or rebook this episode. Uh, A little bit here uh, is that if the whole if the point was he was sort of endangering these people and static couldn't prove it because the evidence he had he obtained or is is his own eyewitness testimony as Virgil that could have been like an interesting angle to take. But Stringer sort of immediately cops to it. And he's like, yeah, well, let's not talk about that right now. He should have just, <laughs> just lied. He's like, you weren't static. You weren't there. Like, you don't know. Like,
0: Right, right. How would you know that? That was between me and the, the, the guys. But, but you're right. Yeah, he doesn't. He just it freely admits to it right away. And as you said, he pulls on his arm and, and his arm sort of elongates and uh static recognizes immediately as rubber band man and uh, stringer doesn't even try to explain it away he just says uh, he apologizes to sharon and said that he wanted to tell her but uh, you know he couldn't couldn't at this point because uh, you know he was he was scared to
1: this fire was your fault and you know it what he was warned about the fireworks and he went ahead with them anyway now's not the time for this come on sharon you're not going anywhere Look Stringer? Try rubber band, man. I was afraid to tell you, Sharon. I, I'm sorry. Nice apology, but it's not enough. I'm taking you back to prison. I'm not going anywhere, especially not with you. I had everything going for me this time, and you ruined it. Again! I didn't ruin anything, you did it to yourself
0: uh so he's actually gone back to his roots in creating music which is interesting as if you recall uh that was he you know he he was responsible for creating some beats in uh that were stolen which created him you know allowed Mm -hmm. him to sort of take revenge in in the previous episode so him going back to his musical roots was interesting at least but uh the story doesn't get much better from there
2: yeah so they, they have a brief scuffle, Static and Rubber Band Man. Rubber Band Man escapes and makes a comment, which is, I think is maybe where our, our, our IMDb synopsis gets it from, about he's going to expose Static to the world uh, the next time they meet. Um, so, yeah, in the meantime, there's there's a, there's a few minutes of Sharon being very sad and kind of moping, and they're, they're, they they're establish at some point that, like, paparazzi is kind of surrounding, surrounding the, the Hawkins' house, and uh, their their father is very very upset and taking phone calls from reporters and <laughs> rips the phone off the the wall at one point he's so frustrated um, and uh, and it's and it's clear that Sharon's very broken up about it uh, but then there's the, like the the I guess the B plot of the episode is Rubber Band Man tracks down Static who is out looking for Rubber Band Man um, and they have a fight where. Bane Man pulls Static's mask off and throws him into a dumpster. But as he's about to uh, to discover Static's identity, uh, these two other metahumans show up. These two other Bang Babies show up that we had seen, I guess, one scene prior. Um, Puff and Onyx making their series debuts here, and they've decided rather than be superheroes, rather than be super villains with their powers, they're going to be bounty hunters. And so they attack Rubber Band Man and therefore sort of inadvertently uh, uh, save Static from having his identity exposed here.
0: Yeah, it's inadvertently. And these are two interesting characters, which... Uh, do uh, are end up being recurring characters later on so at at least there's some redeeming value that these characters both rubber band man uh, does return at some point and and this puff and onyx character uh, also return and it was also somewhat uh refreshing i guess for the for the characters that are gifted with these powers uh puff is talking to onyx and she she mentions that some some uh, some of the the bang babies are, are villains and some of them are heroes. And what are they? They're just losers. And, um, you know, that's where she, she once she realizes that there's a, a bounty out for for rubber band man, they figured that they can make some quick money. Uh, since they've quit school but that was at least somewhat refreshing it it you know it's not just a straight up they're not a straight up villain they're not a straight up good guy there's they're in that gray area so the fact that not every single bang baby immediately turned to to crime is at least some variation Mm -hmm. within (laughs) within the storytelling (laughs) for the show
1: Looks like sourdough today. Other metahumans? They're superheroes. Or even supervillains. But look at us. Yeah, maybe quitting school wasn't such a good idea. There you go again. Next thing you'll be saying is we should get regular jobs and we- Do you know about this? Puff, I don't think journalism pays very well. The reward, Onyx. The reward. If we can catch Rubber Band Man, we'll be rich. And we'll also be the top bounty hunters in the city. Bounty hunters, huh? I could get into that. <laughs> so could I.
2: Yeah, no, I, I I think they're maybe the most fun part of the episode for, for me. For sure. Um, there's some there's some good banter between them and then... and. Huff is a, is a pretty good uh, foil and uh, a ba- bad bad guy or bad girl in this case. To uh, She has, she has some, some pretty funny quips and stuff and, and, and that sort of creates the conflict. But yeah, it, it's, it is, they're, they're sort of thrown in as the, the, the real villains. But at the same time, uh, I guess the... the and we talk, we talk about this a little bit off air. Generally, especially when it's a Dwayne McDuffie script and certainly with a lot of these static episodes there's usually some sort of deeper purpose to the story they're telling. There's usually some kind of either social commentary or, you know, sometimes political commentary or, or something. At least in. a
0: moral, at least a moral, Correct. a moral to the story.
2: Correct. And that doesn't really exist here. Like there's a little bit where, you know, Sharon kind of convinces uh rubber band man to turn himself in after she has a conversation with uh, her father where she says, you know, he's a good guy, you know, he's just made a few mistakes and, and her father sort of tell, tells her, well, that, that very well may be true, but he's still got to do the right thing and do his time. And, and then he can try to make a fresh start of it afterwards. And like, I guess there's a little bit of something there, but it's, it's pretty like, it's pretty like if if our moral is you know somebody that broke the law and tried to kill people should go to jail like i don't think that's like the strongest <laughs> it's not that you know that's not exactly uh breaking breaking new ground or, or really kind of hammering home a uh, a specific moral but right but yeah my other note that i want to mention is uh, so as uh, you know stringer or rubber band man escapes onyx the first time and and as as we said, uh, Sharon and, and Robert are, are having this sort of argument about him. He he sneaks into to the Hawkins house, and uh, talks to talks to Sharon, and uh, finally they uh, she calls calls her father again. He agrees he's going to turn himself in, and it cuts to Puff and Onyx in a like a surveillance van.
1: Who? <laughs> and- My father. Puff, good thing we borrowed this truck You see him? Yeah, you were right Rubberman man finally showed up here
2: They've hacked into the Hawkins phone They're tapped into the phones Which, if you remember, in the first scene As you mentioned, Cal They were apparently so poor That they were having to fish food out of a dumpster Right Outside of a fancy restaurant Right and talking about how they had nowhere to go and they had nothing going on and they were uh, school
0: dropouts
2: right suddenly and it, we don't see them steal it <laughs> we don't we it's not established that like one of them was like you know going to school for like studying like criminal justice or something or was in okay. the FBI or something <laughs> so we don't know where they got this van or how they knew how to like tap phone lines and stuff like that but they <laughs> and so they overhear uh i just love the
0: line that onyx says thank goodness we borrowed this van what
2: (laughs) borrowed it from who
0: right (laughs) yeah
2: Uh, yeah we don't we don't get much more much more detail than that but uh yeah that sort of sets up the the finale of the episode virgil and richie come back to the uh to the house and Uh, after some some sort of brief comedy of of rubber band man disguising himself i was gonna say the
0: episode the episode turned into either like it turned into an episode of Frasier, essentially like 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 he has to keep uh, rubber band man has to keep disguising himself as various pieces of equipment or furniture in the house and sharon has to keep trying to explain to static and static he turns rubber band man turns himself into a chair and static sits on him and he's like
1: <laughs>
0: what like, yeah it, it became a comedy a comedy scene almost immediately at that point and then wouldn't you know it, puff and onyx show up puff dressed up as a police officer static recognizes her uh from their brief interaction before and uh slams the door in her face only for onyx to come back and create a giant hole in the hawkins house (laughs) uh which uh, and and draws uh draws rubber band man out by threatening sharon uh they sort of (laughs) they uh they pursue after rubber band man and Uh, puff whose whose powers uh, up until this point had been seen that she like uses her her breath to like what essentially looked like blowing acid Uh, suddenly in this final scene can now be uh, knockout gas apparently and she literally (laughs) gives an exposition that says yeah sometimes it's acid sometimes it's knockout gas as if you were sitting there which i was (laughs) going wait a minute, why are her powers now different? And she, she gives some nice exposition to explain that, yeah, it's, sometimes it's just different. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, so her powers are, so she can, she can fly, She like her, the bottom half of her body turns into smoke, like she's the genie from Aladdin. <laughs> um, so that's one of her powers. Her second power, which we see throughout most of the episode, as you mentioned, is her blowing puffs uh, uh, of smoke which are apparently contain like acid vapors. She melts like the, a wall and side of side of the building melts the, uh, the, the trash can lid that static is surfing on at one point because he's lost his, uh, his uh, reusable disc at, at one point, his flight disc. Um, so, so sh- we established that. And then all of a sudden she blows, she blows the puff into his face. And I'm like, is she going to try to melt him? <laughs> like uh and, but no it's 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 knockout gas now um yep. and yeah there's sort of this brief final fight they they end up under the bleachers at a like outside of like a, 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 a I guess a football stadium or something they're
0: yeah I'm not really described as to what it was
2: but they yeah and, and basically static sort of outsmarts her by getting her to blow her ass she's back to acid at this point I guess the mood changed. And uh, she's back to acid and she, she blows all of her acid clouds uh, right through all of the support beams and Static basically lets the, uh, the bleachers collapse on her and Onyx. And, and, uh, and then he and Rubber Band Man kind of come face to face one final time. And, and after a little bit of intervention from Sharon, uh, uh, Rubber Band Man agrees to uh, first dig out Puff and Onyx from the rubble and then turn himself in
0: yeah so you know he's redempt he's redeemed now he's a he's a good guy <laughs> he dug he dug the not villains out from underneath of the bleachers and and uh you know he's gonna go do his time and and be redeemed you know he's got a good heart now
2: <laughs> yeah this and this will be followed up in future episodes which we will certainly uh, get to eventually down the line but Uh, Yeah, like, I I think in general, I like the idea of one of these recurring villains kind of deciding to go on a straight and narrow. I like the idea of exploring the redemption for a a supervillain and and things like that. I think that could be really fun. But as this episode being used as sort of the catalyst for him changing from, for him changing from, uh, from villain to hero or villain to, yeah, at least not. Not villain anymore. I don't. I don't know. I it didn't feel. I guess the idea is he's he's so uh, in love with Sharon that that she sort of softened his heart, and he's he's willing to kind of do his time if it means because that's the only way he could be with her or whatever. But overall, and I guess we can get start getting towards scores here. I just like I said, in a vacuum, I think there's an interesting story somewhere in here. Virgil's sister dating one of his enemies is could be an interesting story you know Virgil having a villain trying to expose his identity it could be an interesting story Virgil having to defend one of his enemies from other enemies who are trying to capture him or kill him or whatever like these could all be interesting stories in their own right but as it all it just didn't come together in a way that really worked for me and for all those reasons i ended up with a four out of ten for plot uh
0: yeah I, I i could not agree with you uh more although i will will say that i gave a score just a tick higher i went to a five out of ten for plot uh the i i did enjoy onyx and puff i think they're an interesting combination like i said Uh, Going the different route and not just making them straight up villains, because really they're they're not doing anything wrong by trying to collect a reward for turning in the guy that's running from the police. But, right. uh, you know, I guess the, the way in which they decide to do so is is somewhat destructive. And uh, that's where they it comes in that they're not just straight up good guys. But and uh, the
2: illegal surveillance. Y-
0: yeah. And the borrowing of of the equipment was probably you have <laughs> to figure out their figure. There was some sort of nefarious uh, scheme or scam that involved, you know, borrowing said van. So, uh, yeah, very, very. kind of disappointed with this one especially based on uh, you know the last the last episode with rubber band man in it uh, had some heart it had some interesting uh, beats to it Uh, I think that we both uh, for that episode agree that he was he was a pretty sympathetic character and in this episode it's it's very odd that they went the route there's his motivation is is not very clear as to what like, what's what's the point? Like, oh, he got exposed and he's rubber band man, but he's out, like, he's out of prison. He did his time in prison. So why is all of a sudden, you know, why why is it now that he decides that he's going to got to go back to being rubber band man to, you know, exact his revenge against Static, who exposed the fact that he was kind of culpable for this fire? Like, uh, it, it's, it's, it's a very thin motivation for me for, for a guy that just... Got out of prison and really didn't didn't do too much in that first episode that was unjustifiable uh, based on the fact that he was, you know, getting getting stuff stolen from him and all of that. So I, I don't know it. That was kind of disappointing that this character who I liked a lot from that first episode was seemingly somewhat misused and just kind of turned into a, a bland, plain character for this one.
2: Yeah, yeah, I definitely think that's part of it when you're when you're comparing it to such a strong episode that we that we really enjoyed and uh in a previous review I think that that definitely played into it a little bit here. Yeah, it just doesn't it just doesn't really iron out. We don't really get to explore like sh- despite the fact that Sharon is a pretty important part of the story like we don't really understand like w- what it is about him that she likes or like how they met or any of that stuff or yeah it's it's very much sort of focused through the lens of and i get it it's it's static show it's virgil show so it's more him just reacting to all of this stuff but yeah like that maybe would have been a more interesting way to see to see things and and uh maybe have the finale of the of the episode be more a, a more sort of direct confrontation between static and rubber band man where she sort of where she sort of intervenes in a more direct way maybe would have been uh, would have been more interesting but hey you know there's there's some swings
0: and there's some misses not a nobody bats a thousand very true and if you're interested in hearing our review of that uh, that original rubber band man episode they're playing my song it was part of our double feature back uh, on episode 136 so you can check that out in the archives Uh, on your favorite podcast app or at dcaureview.com. Moving on, Liam, uh, I wish uh, we had something that was, uh, yet again, not a swing and a miss. But uh, dare I say, as we move into our visual category here, that uh, this episode is is not good. (laughs) (laughs) As far as animation is concerned, I think there are some interesting visual gags that are done here, uh, especially... Uh, in that comedy, somewhat co- uh, comedic scene there uh, where rubber band man has to keep hiding from Virgil, but uh, it's, there's, it's kind of left to be desired and, and a lot left to be desired uh, for this episode as far as I'm concerned.
2: Yeah. This, uh, this, pr- these two studios that sort of teamed up for the animation here, uh, slightly offbeat productions and top draw animation. They were not used terribly often. Uh, they were mostly paired with each other, so it seems like maybe they were the they were the overflow studio, when, when Coco and Dong Yang and a lot of the regular uh, studios that that Warner Brothers and, and DC Animation used were maybe it, maybe their plates were a little full. Then these uh, these folks would get a little bit of work. Um, uh, slightly offbeat did a lot of like they did some Disney cartoons as well as some PBS stuff and Top Draw it looked like they had done a, a good amount of. Uh, uh, anime stuff, as well as uh, as well as some some and some other sort of younger children uh, cartoons, and you know nothing, obviously nothing wrong with that, but I, it just did not feel like a lot of this episode. This episode didn't feel consistent, and and we've talked about how it's it can be jarring going from say a Batman the animated series or a Justice League into into these earlier static seasons, especially, but. But even per the standards, like, I think we've done enough of these early static episodes now that we kind of have established our baseline for, you know, what is on and off model, what, what constitutes good and, and, and what, or what we feel is good or bad when it comes to this sort of specific style of, of animation and, and character designs and all that. And one of the things that just, the first thing that came to mind is people's uh, people's character models are just wildly changing throughout this episode, head shapes, head sizes, length of neck, like the sizes of like their lips and their expressions on their face. Like it's very, and I, and maybe that comes from these, these are, these are two studios that are used to doing, like, like I said, uh, like programming for younger children where you're doing big expressive faces and there's more change in in that kind of stuff. But yeah, I just felt like there were some, the character designs were immediately like, there's a, there's something a little off here for me.
0: There was a lot off. And uh, it, I felt like every, every character had the characteristic of rubber band man and just stretching and being <laughs> weird and goofy. Uh, I think you're spot on with different, different models changing. I felt like at times people looked like they were kind of like, walking on an angle or like we had some wordliness yes. of it uh some of the characters were kind of like vibrating and shaking a little bit and just not i it just is not good um yeah
2: yeah there's definitely some scenes also where i guess it's just the way it's framed and i don't know if this is a choice by by the studio or by the director in this case dan reba but they're sort of filmed at like a weird angle. Like you're saying like some, but even like some of the backgrounds are like a little bit crooked. Like we're on like a, I believe the camera angle is called a Dutch angle. Like you would see that in like the sixties Batman show or something. Right. Like there's some real weird perspective for
0: sure. Yeah. It's, it's, it was an odd choice. And You know, I I wonder if some of it is the fact that both you also have two studios that I believe you said are in two different two different countries working on this Mm -hmm. uh, instead of one you know one office or even in one uh, in one specific country where you know there might be some some language barriers or communication stuff that's happening between the two of them if they have to work together or. What have you, but it it does not feel like a solid piece throughout, which is a shame because Rubber bandman is such an interesting character. And mm-hmm. there are some interesting visual gags that they get to do, one where he disguises himself as a satellite dish, a uh, like a, a cable satellite mm-hmm. dish I thought was was interesting. and uh, you know, he disguises himself as a vacuum later. and it mentioned already he disguises himself <laughs> as a chair. Uh, so there's there's, you know, some interesting, at least visuals. Uh, I I was a little disappointed in the transformation between his stringer persona and rubber band man. I think the first one is somewhat interesting, but he goes right into that purple costume uh, that Mm -hmm. I guess is, is a part of him. And (laughs) then he later on, there's a, there's another transition where that happens and it's, he more or less just phases into the rubber, uh, rubber band man persona. Uh, from the trigger persona. There's not as much transformation. So uh, it felt like there were some corners that were cut there. I will say, I think that the character designs uh, for Puff and Onyx are pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. I think they have a unique look to them. Um, and again, it'll be interesting to see what happens when they return uh, later on. But it's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of inconsistent animation and and not a lot visually that caught my attention or that was uh that was redeemable I would say uh so for all of those reasons I ended up giving animation and visuals a three out of ten
2: wow yeah I'm uh, I'm right in that same ballpark I went four out of ten yeah I I, I think the most fun is still the rubber band man stuff but you mentioned this and this maybe delves into plot more than more than animation here but so it's established that okay this purple suit that he wears when he's in his rubber band man persona i guess that's just part of his skin like or at the very least it can it can change like his skin i think we discussed this a little bit in the first episode too um but my question is then: If he can do that, if he can make clothes that are a different color, it's not like it's not like Stringer's outfit was not a purple and white suit. It was like red, right. and he had like a do rag on, and and all this stuff. So he can make clothes out of his skin, or this suit can change into clothes for him, whatever. So why was the satellite dish and the trash can and the chair and the vacuum cleaner? Why did they have to be
0: purple with <laughs> rubber eyes? Rubber <band>, yes. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a good question. Other than for the viewer at home to go, oh, that's Rubber Band Man. He's right there. Right. The static. Right. There's and no for, purple for some... satellite dishes or purple. <laughs> your your sister doesn't own a purple vacuum. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, and there's like there's a line even there's like a throwaway line where where she's like dragging him as this vacuum cleaner and she's complaining that he didn't put wheels on the vacuum and he said like oh wheels are hard. So if there was if there was like a line where he's like I really have to focus to change like my change colors and stuff, I would at least be like okay, whatever, sure. But they don't really imply that it's like physically hard for him to change his shape. So, yeah, I don't know. It was it was just weird, but like I said, I think yeah, there's some comedy there where he's where he's disguised as a, the trash can and Virgil kind of walks up and is poking it and then walks away and then a dog comes up and is about to go to the bathroom on him. And then we cut back and the the trash can has grown legs and the dog's biting one of his legs. It's very silly, very cartoony. Um, But yeah, overall, like I said, it was just, it was just that, you know, nearly complete lack of consistency and character designs. And a lot of this episode is just two characters talking So you really need those, those moments to be pretty strong. And it, yeah, this one just didn't, uh, didn't measure up.
0: Agreed. All right, Liam, let's move on to our next category, which is going to be music. Uh, Man, uh, there's nothing offensive this week. No, no lyrics accompanying the music. So uh, <laughs> that's, that's three in a row here for Static. So that's, that always gets a, at least an extra point in my score uh, as far as music is concerned. But uh, I wish there was more music uh, standout in this week to talk about. But uh, I didn't find much uh, other than the, the fight scene at the end uh, the music that accompanied that, and there's there's a couple of scenes that are punctuated by these random like that sound that you make when you like sit on a keyboard. Uh, <laughs> but like yeah, there's there wasn't a whole lot that I noticed that I noticed musically outside of that. What did you have for musical notes? Uh,
2: well, I think we would be remiss not to mention uh, Stringer's guitar solo.
0: Of course, uh, that, that, uh, good point. <laughs>
2: Yeah, the episode, we we see Stringer, who we're established is, as far as we know, legitimately has become like a big star. Um, and as you said, based on the previous episode, we do know that that rubber band man does have quite a bit of talent, a lot of musical talent. But when we see him on stage, he's on this like small stage. There's not really like a set. It's just him on a stage. There's red curtains and he's playing the guitar. And it's very,, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't quite get it, but you know, maybe 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 that song goes on for four minutes and we just heard the intro before the fire started. but <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, I, I thought like all the all the action sequences had pretty pretty solid,, uh, you know, what you would expect from a static episode. but um, but yeah, it doesn't feel like there's a strong theme. and or even like uh, I think some a lot of the villains,, you know, lyrics are not, something like, you know, somebody like Kangor, who we've seen a few times, has like this real specific theme that plays that's specific to his character. And I think Hot Streak and Ebon have each had their kind of own own themes or, or at least a style of music that accompanies when they appear. And I don't really feel like we had that for for Rubber Band Man or for really for for Puff and Puff and Onyx here. So, yeah, nothing nothing wrong with it, but nothing really stood out to me all that much. And uh, that's why I gave music a
0: five out of ten. And uh, I gave music uh, a six out of 10. Uh, I, think, <laughs> I think that extra point comes from not having music uh, that was distracting. Uh, but it, it was fine, I think that the, the punctuating music for the fight scenes uh, works out well, especially when, when uh, Puff and Onyx sort of show up uh, the first time uh, inadvertently saving uh, Virgil's secret identity from being exposed. Uh, I didn't mention it in visuals either, but uh, I, I did did appreciate the the comedy of that scene as well as Virgil is sort of hiding in this dumpster and, and the dumpster is getting tossed back and forth and they keep cutting back to him in the dumpster rolling around as it's being tossed. That. Was- was uh, another uh, co- comedy point that I appreciated, at least from the plot. But uh, yeah, music, music-wise, it's it's fine. It's not distracting, and I think that's the most of what I could have asked for in an episode that I already was not loving. <laughs> yeah, you know, you take the victories where you can get them. There you go. Absolutely. All right, Liam. I guess that moves us on to our final category for this week, which is going to be voice acting so uh we have uh, a fairly uh not, not a huge cast here but we have some uh new characters being introduced uh but one of them voiced by somebody who happens to be double dipping for this episode but uh let's talk about this week's voice cast
2: that's right, Cal. And, and you touched on it there. We have, of course, Kevin Michael Richardson, who we hear all the time as as Robert, uh, Virgil and Sharon's dad, but he's also uh, pulling double duty as the voice of Onyx. And uh, yeah, he's just kind of doing that classic kind of big, powerful monster that's a little bit dumb. Like it's it's a little bit comedic to it. Like I said, I think. I think there's some some fun kind of interplay with uh, with him and uh, and Kimberly Brooks who uh, who plays Puff who uh, also has done a, quite a bit of voice acting and in fact voices a, a character in the mystery of the Batwoman Woman uh, animated feature which we will uh, get to some someday down the road um, uh, also playing off of Kevin Michael Richardson in that movie in fact but uh, yeah they I think they're as far as like fun stuff in this episode, I think they're, they're playing off each other. And then, like I said, I, I think Kimberly Brooks as Puff, she's, she's got some, some pretty funny lines and, and she she seems to really relish that villain, or the I guess they're not technically villains, like you said, but when uh, like her, her sort of quips with, with Rubber Band Man and then with was static later on in the episode are, are, are pretty fun.
1: The pretty ones are never very bright. <coughs> Who are you? What do you want? Name's Puff. Mr. Sleepy over there goes by the name of Onyx. And what we want is you. Bounty hunters, huh? Good luck. You don't want to make this easy? No problem.
0: I agree. I think that, uh, she and Kevin Michael Richardson have, have some decent, uh, some decent chemistry, as you said. And, uh, they, to me, were the most enjoyable part of the, uh, of the episode, despite, again, not necessarily understanding, uh, where they are or how they are so resourceful at, uh, at, Obtaining some of the the equipment. I, where did they get uh, a, an official-looking police uniform from? Don't know. Uh, but uh, but uh, but Puff has one of those uh, enough to trick <laughs> trick Sharon uh, into thinking that she's a police officer when she maybe, comes to the door. So maybe
2: maybe one of her other moods allows her to puff out a police uniform. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like that theory. That's 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 just as good as uh as any other theory could be. So mm-hmm. um all right, yeah. But uh yeah, I, I think that she she's excellent in this. I'm sure uh it would be interesting to see uh more as, as she is a returning character, so we'll be interested to see uh how she does on future episodes, perhaps with uh more of a focus than the uh the little bit that she has in here, but she has some back and forth with. Uh, with phil lamar's uh, static as well uh there's a uh, some quipping that they do uh, and it, it works well I, th- I thought she was good
2: absolutely yeah and uh, otherwise we have uh, a few minor players we have crystal scales briefly as daisy uh jason marsden briefly as richie but uh other than uh you know uh, the ones we've already talked about phil lamar as static we of course have uh, probably the two that get the most to do in this episode being Michelle Morgan as Sharon, and uh, and Kadeem Hardison uh, returning as Rubber Band Man. Um, they're fine. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't think either of them are bad. Um, I think uh, I think Michelle Morgan as Sharon is like a little a little one note. Like she kind of like her being upset or trying to plead with her, you know, her, her new love interest to turn himself into the cops. She kind of speaks in the same tone of voice when she's doing that as when she's, you know, yelling at Virgil for not doing the laundry or something in another episode. Like, it doesn't feel like there's a great deal of change in her, in her vocal performance. And again, there's still some 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 sort of funnier moments near the start of the episode and everything where when she's trying to get uh get Stringer to ditch Virgil and and his friends but I, I like I said I don't think they're bad but neither one of them really stood out as like great to me
0: and I uh yeah I think we've had better better episodes with Sharon performances I feel like unfortunately this episode does rely a lot on her to to carry a lot of the dialogue and in the she i i don't want to say that they had negative chemistry but uh her chemistry (laughs) with stringer was severely lacking i did not buy for one second that they legitimately cared about each other uh and some of that could have also been dialogue that was written but it was it just didn't their performances also didn't come across as if they cared one one little bit about each other so um yeah, I I think I think that's that's gonna be tough to give a a good score when the, the main focus, which is the whole like main center point of the plot, is this romance between Static's sister and the his art one of his art supervillains. Uh, it, and and those those two don't really have a lot going for them together uh, and they're in a bunch of scenes together uh, it's 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 kind of hard I did laugh and chuckle at that at the the why didn't you make wheels on the vacuum uh, <laughs> line uh, but th- that that was that was kind of my one like oh yeah that was that was kind of cute but I, I don't feel like they had a whole lot of chemistry working together
2: yeah, and I think Kadeem, Kadeem Hardison as, as rubber band man, he's he has a very sort of, I think a sort of an even keeled voice for a lot of this. And and only really, I think, when he's interacting with static do we get to hear him kind of express a little bit of that anger and and sort of change things up a little bit. A lot of the the stuff with Sharon, like we said, it just doesn't just didn't quite click, I think, for uh, for either of us. I don't again, I don't think they're terrible but I don't think it's pretty good. And like you said, when it's sort of the main focus of the episode is this relationship and uh, you kind of need a little bit stronger performance. But uh, like I said, I think there's still some stuff to enjoy uh, when it comes to the vocal performances, uh, particularly from, uh, from Puff and and Onyx. So I I ended up settling on a five out of 10 for, uh, for voice acting.
0: Nice. Uh, I went, Uh, with the same exact score for that one. I gave it a five out of 10 as well. Um, Middle of the road, uh, you know, we get some, we get double dipping of Kevin Michael Richardson, who is great. And he's awesome. (laughs) uh, You know, I think in both roles, I don't feel like they did enough to sort of make his voice that different. Like it was pretty obvious to me right away. It's like, oh, Kevin Michael Richardson is doing two voices in this episode, especially because you have Static's dad's pretty prominently featured in the episode also. So mm-hmm. doing something to have altered his voice a little bit, I think, uh, or further altered his voice for Onyx probably would have, would could have behooved them. But uh, with that said, I, you know, static doesn't have a whole lot of opportunity. I feel like, and uh, to, to really shine because the focus so much is on uh, Sharon and, and Stringer and their romance. So yeah, um, yeah so uh, for all those reasons i think middle of the road is is pretty on point for both of us makes sense Mm -hmm. all right liam well that will begin to wrap us up so we will uh end up with our final scores here and uh totaling everything up uh for this week's score i come up with a not great 19 out of 40 for this week's episode what about you (laughs)
2: Yeah, and I'm just one point off from that at an 18 out of 40.
0: When we're in the teens, it's never a never a good episode. So, dare we talk about rewatchability for this (laughs) week's episode? Because I guess. argument can be made as we've already stated multiple times so uh rubber band man does make a return later on uh in at least one more episode if not two uh and then uh this is just the introduction to the onyx and puff characters who also make several returns onyx makes a, a return actually in the the justice league episodes so uh, there's you know some some long-term storytelling with these two characters. So, where do you land on uh rewatchability for this episode that we both graded in the uh the teens?
2: <laughs> well, and again, I didn't hate watching this. Like, I think watch like if I was just sitting on my couch watching this, it wouldn't be one I would go back to very often. Um, I think when it comes to the rubber band Man stuff. I guess the only thing is, I know they do do a little bit of follow-up on the relationship with Sharon um, in the later seasons. So maybe you can make the argument there. Um, but as far as him sort of, and, and of course he sort of rehabilitates himself and eventually becomes uh, you know, a hero in his own right in the series, uh, spoiler alert. But I think that's sort of followed up on enough in other episodes to explain what happened to you enough Uh, or or, uh, they they explain what happened enough that i don't necessarily know that i would say this is must watch even in the realm of you know specific to these characters um i guess this might be the only episode where they explain what puffs powers are so you could
0: make the argument there (laughs) that's fair yeah well depends on whether or not those powers continue to change and adapt based on what the storytelling needs for them to do. Sort of like Calstatics <laughs> powers. I, I swear, I thought when the fire broke out, I was like, all right, how are they going to make it so that electricity somehow puts out a fire? Let's, <laughs> let's see how they figure this one out. Here. I was like, what, what could they possibly do here to make it so that electricity somehow cancels out this raging roaring flames? Uh, but uh, yeah, it was instead he just used it to, you know, make a giant hole in the wall for people to run out so okay that's fine uh yeah i guess in the going back to rewatchability in the grand scheme of things uh it's not it's not pivotal to uh the dcau as a whole so that one gets an x it's not a rewatchability you know it's not rewatchable or a need to watch for those reasons uh, it's not an episode that I myself enjoyed. Didn't hate it, as you said. Uh, this isn't Unity. This isn't one of those that can be stricken mm-hmm. from stricken from canon altogether uh, that we've talked about. Uh, didn't, didn't get a, a single digit score from us, so you know it must not be that bad. Uh, if you're interested in seeing which of those episodes we have uh, scored in single digits, you can check those out in our bad episode jar section on, at uh, dcaureview.com. But um, with that said, uh, I, I, I guess you're, you're somewhat right. So if you're interested in, in learning more about and following the thread of these characters, uh, specifically recur- reoccurring characters that come back later on, yeah, I guess you can watch this one. And it's not it's not, a, it's not terrible to get through um you know it's not terribly exciting but it's not it's not the worst thing to do so maybe put it on and scroll through your phone or something like that while you're watching <laughs> it if if you want to get the highlights or something but uh yeah I, I i guess this isn't even a one thumb up rewatch it's like a half thumb up rewatch for me <laughs> i guess that's a first it's a real orange Cassidy thumbs up there. that's right <laughs> we got that crossover there you go um you know it's it's uh... I guess uh, thumbs up.
2: So that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's fair. Like we said, you, there's definitely some threads here that are, this is definitely like the ball joint of the <laughs> Rubber Band Man arc but it does feel like most of it could be explained in about 30 seconds so you could probably get away with it without watching just, it but
0: just read the D- don't don't go to the imdb page if you're trying to figure out what happened don't read the synopsis <laughs> there go to the dcau wiki or, or just you know tell your friends to listen to this episode and you'll kind of get get a little bit more entertainment than than you would if you actually watch <laughs> the episode so agreed All right, Liam, Uh, well, that will bring us to the end of this week's episode. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Don't forget, if you are listening to us on a podcast app that allows you to leave a review, we'd love for you to drop a five-star review for us and leave a little note uh, letting people know. A written review helps us out also, kind of lets the people reading potential reviews i don't know who reads reviews i i, I mean occasionally I'll, I'll go on apple apple podcasts and check out what people say about certain podcasts uh but uh if you're you know if there are people out there that read them and interested in giving it a try that helps us out if there's specific things that you like about our podcast i leave a little written review there i'm sure it helps the algorithm too when it's more than just a uh a star rating per se and also don't forget uh, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. Uh, we're also available, of course, on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, uh, pretty much any of those other uh, podcast apps also. Wherever you listen to them, go ahead and give us a subscribe. Get those episodes delivered to you each week. Also, uh, we would love for you to help us out and go and subscribe uh, to our pod tower youtube channel we're a part of the pod tower with our friends from tim talk and our friends from watchtower database Uh, that is a one-stop shop for some some great content from dcau people uh, ourselves included so if you're interested in supporting us uh, head over there we're looking to get to a thousand subscribers so uh, we're, we're slowly getting there, but, uh, we love, love to build that fan base up as well. If you're feeling extra generous, you can go, Support the podcast by buying a shirt or a hat. You can head over to dcaureview.com. Click on the little store tab at the top. It'll take you to our shop. You can support the podcast that way, if you will, with your dollars. We would very much appreciate that. And uh, now that we've got all of the shilling out of the way, Liam, uh, I would love to talk about our preview for next week's episode as we continue here with our month of static shop
2: that's right we've got uh we will be continuing on with static next week with uh one more episode this time around from the first season and we will be in fact reviewing the episode tantrum which uh has an interesting villain and, uh, and a pretty interesting uh subplot involving uh virgil uh, sort of dealing with some some uh some troubles some uh some emotional issues so it, it'll be a, a really interesting episode to uh to take a look at next week
0: on a very special episode of Static Shock. <laughs> That's right. Looking forward to it. Uh, but until then, I'm Cal. And I'm Liam. And we will talk to you on the next episode of the DCAU review.
2: Bye bye.